Welcome into the DNVR Gaming Podcast, brought to you by WGT Golf. Remember, you can download it totally for free today at dnvrgolf.com. Make sure you go find the New Country Club. Join that thing. Come and hang out with us. Having a lot of fun out there playing WGT. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. With me today, AJ Hayfley. We've got a couple of topics we wanted to dive into. I've got my hands on the PlayStation 5 over the last couple of weeks. Wanted to give you a few thoughts, feelings, opinions, review, if you will. Uh, maybe answer a few questions that AJ or any of you might have. Remember to hit us up in the comments section. Uh, but before that, AJ, since last we spoke, of course, we haven't really talked about the... I guess publicly sold as the fiasco of the Cyberpunk 2077 launch. Uh, there have been apologies and refunds issued by CD Projekt Red in you know what's now really being sold as one of the worst launches for any game in history. It's certainly being treated that way. And uh, Drew, do you remember? I mean, do you, do you yeah. remember a game from back in the day called Daikatana? I don't remember that one, no. It was super hyped up. Um, I believe it was the the guy who made Doom. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that he, that was his project. And it was like his follow-up project, and it was super hyped. It was going to be, oh, this is going to be an amazing game. And then, let me tell you, it was not. It was not. I mean, we're not even that far removed from the No Man's Sky disaster right the game yeah, just one ongoing game or comeback game or whatever the hell award it was yeah and no man's sky was interesting uh just because i think that it was presented as one thing and was another when it released right. and the ongoing work got it closer to the original concept of it and so it felt like the, to me that was a little bit different because that was you know, when we did a previous episode on this, Games as a Service, that was that was kind of the concept of that game. This is a game that you're going to be playing for five years. So the game evolved in five years. You know, so it, that's, for me, that's a, that's a different, that's a little bit different than, you know, Cyberpunk gets released and it's just broken. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the memes, and uh, we were talking about some of them before we came on here, the stuff that's going around. Yeah. There's... Is it, I mean, I haven't actually gotten my hands on it. We know, uh, you know, Evan Rowell's got his um, new shiny Xbox and is loving it and is saying it's one of his favorite games ever because he's not having all the bugs. Uh, so I haven't experienced them personally, so it's hard for us to say, but it does feel like, like you said, the, it's not just, I've played buggy games before. We all have, and yeah. there's there's a line at which it becomes just way too much, and it looks like this has gone far past that line yeah i mean there's my one of my my favorite examples of this because it's a game i didn't particularly enjoy and the gaming world can't seem to get over was skyrim that game that game there were game breaking bugs all over that game on launch day and that was a game that was in production for like a decade like wasn't that long but it was they they poured a ton of resources into making that game and it was still just like you were just trying to avoid the landmine of whatever buggy nonsense could happen to you to this day 
If you went out right now and you fired up a copy of that game, the most updated version of that game on a PC, you'll probably hit some sort of ridiculous bug within the first 15 minutes of it. And yeah. we don't remember it that way because the game was awesome and everybody loved it and blah, 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 blah. So it doesn't get remembered for that. Me personally, I remember it as an extraordinarily frustrating and overrated experience that I couldn't stand. But the people that liked it, like, that's all good and well. It just goes to show. Once you get past that stuff and you get into the game, like, if we had Evan on right now, I've talked to Evan about, about it a few times, and he said... I haven't really encountered much of this. I've enjoyed my experience on it. It's been a fun game. I've liked playing it. I haven't run into any of this crazy stuff. It's only been minor bugs for him. So it's all just luck of the draw when when you get a game like that, right? Like yeah. the I I think I think what's disappointing is that the developer had such a reputation. CD Projekt Red had such a reputation coming into Cyberpunk. And it's been hyped for so long that following Witcher 3 and the, just the Witcher series in general, which, again, I'm the dissenting opinion on, I didn't really like it that much, just wasn't for me. Um, yeah. I don't I don't know where they go from here as a developer, man. I mean, I there needs to be a serious... They, they, need, they need to have a serious internal dialogue about who they are their identity and and you know they're they're the Colorado Rockies of the gaming world. I feel like we're headed right down to the the Rockies know, right? pod from the other day. We're just gonna have this same conversation again though. Except this time I'm I'm going to be a little bit more in agreement with you because you know losing a billion dollars has been reported with a B. Uh, that's that's gotta hurt. That's gonna hurt any company. And so while I, I see Cygnus's point that maybe No Man's Sky. Uh, could be seen as a negative because it encourages publishers to say, oh, you know, we'll just keep making it for five years and it can be garbage at launch. You know, I do think that if nothing else, this episode, I'll say, with Cyberpunk, not just for CD Projekt Red, I, I hope it's a turning point in the industry to get us away from a lot of the things that we've talked about, whether it's the ridiculous crunch stuff or the uh, the responding to like death threats because you've delayed a game, people sending death threats because a game gets delayed yeah. and you know, all that stuff where it's just like, man, and, and even swallowing hard at some point and saying to people, you know what, this doesn't run on the PlayStation four or the Xbox one, any of the series <laughs> the old series is, and, and we're not going to release it for that. This is only available on next generation platforms. I know we said for years, that it was going to be, but it's not. Sorry, we can't make it work. Rather than just releasing it and hoping people don't notice. Like, that's that can't be the strategy. Yeah, and it sounded, <clears throat> once, once more and more things started coming out, it sounded like there was a massive problem at the top. That yeah. these guys were like, we have to release this game. We have to. Yeah. And... The people that were making the game were like, we can't do this. This is going to be a huge problem for us. Right, and all these, you know, we have to release the game. You know, we have to make the money that we're going to make. It's such a hype title. We can't push it. They'd already delayed it, what, two or three times? Right. Like, and I think at the that's when you talk about sparking a conversation 
about how companies run themselves, that's where it has to start. It's right. got to start at the very top of these of these companies where you have to you have to get your shit together. You have to know you know what you can and can't get away with. And the gaming the gaming world is great in a lot of ways, but it's unforgiving. Yeah. And yeah. where I would disagree, where I would disagree with Cygnus's point is that uh, about encouraging games to be bad on launch and make it for five years. No Man's Sky is an exception. We remember No Man's Sky for a reason. You know, when a game, when games are come out and they're bad on launch, that's the death of that game. And if it's not a big enough company, it's the death of that company. And if yeah. you pull that, if you pull it, even even these wildly successful companies, you look at Bioware. Bioware had a decade where they dominated the gaming industry. Yeah. And they are at the point where if the next Mass Effect does not hit, the company is dead. Because yeah. they Andromeda was a bomb, Anthem was a bomb, and you just can't do that. The, the industry just will not buy into you anymore. You know, there there's only so much goodwill. They they did everything right for ten years. Right. And now and, they're literally on the precipice. Yeah. Right. right. And yeah. and then you you get X amount of, of goodwill. You know, Rare was a great company, it was a great example of this too. Yeah. Rare was making amazing games as a third party developer, and then they ended up getting bought out by Microsoft, and what happened to them? They went straight into the toilet, and now we are like, oh, remember all those games that Rare used to make that were great? Yeah. It's, I mean, is that, if that's the future of CD Projekt Red because of Cyberpunk, man, that's it's unfortunate. I'm, I may not be a big fan of their offerings, but a talented developer going out, you know, oh, I'm sure a lot of those people could just reform a new company, but they won't have nearly that kind of financing, and you only get one shot. Right. Man, it's, uh, you know, it, it's funny you kind of brought up the Rockies earlier because I feel like we experience stuff like this in sports a lot, uh, either from the broad perspective of, you know, something gets really, really hyped and then it, it is immediately not what we were expecting or, you know, whether it's the yeah. prospect who's a, a burnout or, or whatever it may be. Um, I, I do I think feel that's like, the comparable that I would make. Yeah, right, is the, the, the number one pick, the... Yep. The, that goes over, especially even like a, the, the, you know, goes over like a Michael Jordan or somebody <laughs> like Sam Bowie. I was trying, I was blanking on Sam yeah. Bowie. Um, Greg Oden getting drafted Oden, before Kevin Durant. Right. Uh, another big one. Darko Milicic getting drafted right before Carmelo Anthony and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Yeah. Um, but so I guess that's the question is, is do you think this goes that way that that CD Projekt Red uh, becomes a company that we we end up talking about and cyberpunk as good as it may be like there's it's going to be really strange because I think there's a lot of individuals like Evan and people out there who are going to be like that's one of my favorite games and you're going to be looking back on it as like yeah but it it destroyed a company and you know it it ended up being or do you think there's a way for them to turn it around and maybe you know I don't know is there an example of a prospect who Looked like a bust for the first little while, but then actually got their shit together. I'm trying to think. <laughs> well, I guess the question would be what sports, right? Because I mean, baseball—you guys have such long development timelines. Like, sure. 
Like right now, Riley Pint looks like a huge sure. miss. Right. A huge miss. Right. But what happens if somebody, you know, he ends up he ends up in an organiz- another organization that straightens him out and you know, he has a Tyler Matzik story. Maybe that's the, maybe there's an example. Sure. Tyler Matzik was yeah, a, Tyler Matzik. Yeah. A pretty big burnout and then is pitching important innings in the postseason last year for Atlanta. Right. Right. You know, that's Daniel I Bard. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, Daniel Bart would be another guy, good one. Yeah, he had huge, huge prospect shine on him and then, you know, couldn't get it done. Had like one great stretch for Boston, which is like your equivalent of like being good on the handful of systems that can play your game, right? right. But then the rest of the experience was just awful and he was out of baseball, but for like six years then was able to make this comeback. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's, one, it's one thing to like, I've given up playing and now I'm coaching and I'm a development guy and then I'm firing the baseball and somebody's like, you're throwing pretty hard, man. That had to be a surreal experience for the Diamondbacks who I mean, he was literally coaching for the year before. It's, it's <laughs> kind of like the, the Disney movie. Yeah. You yeah. know, based on, based on the, the real rookie. story. Yeah. yeah. It's the rookie. Yeah. Just with a little more prospects at the beginning. Totally. Totally. Well, we'll see which way it goes for this game. I do think I'm going to have to get it if it becomes available on PS5. Oh, I totally. I want to. I I would like to play it someday. I I was hoping hoping Z would get it while I was in Canada and so I could just watch her play it. Because it seemed like a a fun cinematic adventure. And like... My interest in the game is there. Like, sure, I everything that happened scared me off of it. Yeah. But I I yeah. will say though that the, do you think the backlash was maybe a little too much? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm inclined to think most backlashes are a, a bit too much. I didn't, you know, I didn't get my hands on the thing, so it's tough to say. If it was truly a broken experience, I can understand how people would be like, at the very least, give me my money back. If it if it doesn't run on the PS4, you shouldn't have sold me a PS4 copy of this game. Uh, I get that. But in general, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like conversations like this do tend to get a lot of nuance, just gets lost. And yeah. this was another one where, like you said, I also think there's this kind of, and I did it at the beginning because it, I tried to frame it as this is how it's being sold. But it it is being sold as like the worst launch ever. And like you said, we can think back at several of them. You, you came up with a game... No, I I didn't even remember. Yo, Daikatana um, and Superman sixty four. Those are the ones Superman that I remember. Superman sixty four. What was the uh, Duke Nukem game? Yeah, Duke Nukem Zero. Um, I mean that that game was also in development hell for a really long time. And right. Like, it 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 looked like a game that had started being developed a decade ago, and then was like seventy percent done. Right. And then somebody else came in and finished it, and was like, "Well, here it is," and it was like. Okay. I played through it. It wasn't, I didn't think that it was terrible. It was just very clearly, it it had begun its development life in a different era. Right. I think the, the best example of something like this in, in gaming in recent history actually was when the launch of Final Fantasy 14 was not just bad, but borderline broken. The original 
launch of that game and all the hype that went into it. And it's like they learned so much from their Final Fantasy XI experience. And by all tokens, like XI got better and better as expansions came out and they figured out how to make that game really good. It was like okay at launch and then really good by the end of its life cycle. The only game in the series I've never played. So 14, it's like they got new graphics. They're making it available on consoles right away. Cross-platform mm-hmm. play. This It looked amazing. It was almost unplayable. And they tried to make it playable for six to eight months, I think, before they just said, nope, this is broke. And they, they blew it up. I do think there were even some refunds offered, at least for like a couple of months of, of subscription or whatever for people that had paid for that game. So again, just an absolutely abhorrent launch where you're issuing public apologies from your developer, you're giving people their money back. And then they had to blow up their digital game world and recreate it from scratch. And now it's the second or first most popular MMO in the world, depending on how recently WoW has come out with a new expansion. So right now it's second. Uh, but those two, it's like the two of them are in a class all by themselves, and they we they should grew do that MMO game. episode at some point because it's we a should. fascinating genre, man. It really it, is. Yeah, it's its own, it's its own separate thing entirely. From oh, dude, it's so different. Yeah. Uh, on that note, uh, I'll transition us over into uh, the PS5 conversation because it's it's pretty funny. A lot like uh, I was kind of given having a hard time for getting the brand new xbox then playing tetris on it and then i got the brand new ps5 and by far the game i've played most on it is is final fantasy 14 because well i've got a subscription to that and so it, it sort of <laughs> demands a little bit more of your attention when you're paying for it and I've, I've got it set to like run out when spring training is supposed to start so i like set that up this is when i play 14 and final fantasy 14 was a ps3 game uh it's been it's actually been around that long uh, but they've really updated it, and it looks fantastic. It was a that thing, but. 2010 release? I think 13 or 12 or 13, yeah. Maybe 2012. Actually, 2012 sounds right, yeah. Um, and obviously, as these games do, like you said, there's a much deeper conversation about how they manage to upgrade and, and update their look and feel and, and start feeling next-gen through the next generations. Um and obviously, since it's built on a PC, you can go in and, uh, and just crank up all of the, the settings and, and make that game sparkle on the PS5. So that's pretty cool and fun. But yeah, so far, most of the uh, <laughs> benefits of me having moved into the next generation are quality of life things. It's my PlayStation doesn't sound like it's a rocket ship that's about to take off into space every time I open it. It doesn't freeze and crash on me. All that stuff is good. The loading times really are the biggest thing. It's like it becomes noticeable uh, pretty quickly that you're just not waiting for stuff to load. You start wondering about how much of my life have I spent looking at little dots on a screen and (laughs) a radio. Little bars go across the bottom. There were games that tried to cleverly get around that. Mm -hmm. Like the original Mass Effect uses like elevators as the L- yeah. screens. That was really clever. I and then it became like infamous where you were like, how much time did I waste in that game on an elevator? <laughs> right. And it was just like, guys, it's a load screen. Like the entire point is that while this elevator is moving up, you're supposed to be listening to the announcement because right. it's talking about what's going on in the world and the load and it's loading wherever you're headed Right, and then there would be like that, like it would hang, and then there would be that pause, and then it, the world would load in, and it was just like, okay, 
Right. Got it. But they, they so they tried to get rid of the like the load screen experience, and people got mad. Right. And so in in two and three, they went back to traditional load screens, load and people That's got right. mad. And it was like, Come what on, can you man. do? So if you just get get rid of load screens altogether, I to me it's honestly kind of an unfathomable concept. Like, what do you mean gaming without a load screen? How does it work? Right. Right. It's uh, th- there was an interesting moment because I just gotten used to a lot of the story driven games that I play. Seven Remake did this where when there are load screens, you know, puts up a nice pretty piece of art and then like some lore from the world. And you can kind of click through and read about the history of this character or that place or this thing. And I'd actually gotten kind of used to those as like, uh, you know, take a deep breath moments in your gaming or go up and maybe you go get a, a something to drink, go, go grab a Mountain Dew, strap a yeah. cup of coffee, get your Breck brew in, you know. So, yeah, it, it's actually been a little bit jarring because um, those screens are in there and I popped in seven remake the other day and I was trying to read, you know, the screen popped up and I read like a sentence and a half of the paragraph they have for the world and it was gone. And I was like, Hey, I was reading that. Bring back my load screen. <laughs> I'm not ready to play the game yet. This is too fast. I'm not ready. I need all my prep time to play the video game, but uh, I think I'll get used to it. Ultimately. Um, the other thing. Yeah. Unless I mean, you had more on the, on the, I, I just, for me, like like you said, that load screens are built-in breaks. Yeah, yeah. That's when I do something else. I decompress. I kind of who take a deep breath. Especially if you're depending on the game, like you could be intensely involved in something, and you're you know you're laser focused. You're 100 percent here, and then they're like load screen. It, it sucks to kind of take you out of it, but it also is like shake okay. off a little bit. Yeah. For me, too often, load screens are my excuse to quit and go do something else because I get very antsy when I play games for longer than about 45 minutes. Yeah. Unless it's like WoW or something. Um, I get very I get very jittery, and I'm like, what's going on in the world around me? And right. part of that is, is being too too connected via social media. Did digital all the media time. all the time, yeah. 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 So I don't even but, need coffee. I just have an internal clock that freaks out. <laughs> Totally. They're like little um, check marks too. They're little, uh, yeah, just like you can uh, put a mark in it. It feels like a good place to move on. But yeah. um, I will say, and I know this is one of those things that has been said many, many times before, and it just, it's worth echoing. The haptic feedback on the controller is one of those things that's super dope. And if, you know, it, until you really get your hands on the thing, it is difficult to describe the difference. Like, it's gotten to the point now, and, and we only really have a, a handful of PS5 games that, that use it. That's the big downside, right? It's like it, it really remains to be seen how well this is implemented in full, like, AAA blockbuster titles. Uh, but in games like Bug Snacks and <laughs> the Aqua Room, stuff yeah. like that. Um, even in uh, – so Katie's gotten really – Katie has gotten really into Bug Snacks, Uh for the first time in my life, I got out of bed, I walked upstairs, and my girlfriend was playing a video game, and she was out there catching bug snacks, man. And But there, there is something remarkably satisfying about the extra crunch and resistance and different things that they're doing with all the controllers that you can blow in it. I didn't know that was a thing, so there are certain things where you can, like, blow or talk into the controller, and it, it, it's got feedback for all of that stuff, so... 
you know, we'll see if a AAA game comes out and really manages to put it to use because I think that'll be when when people fully buy in and go, okay, this is a game changing experience. Because for right now, it's it's a great feeling. But I will say, when I go back and play like the yeah. when I'm playing 14 or whatever, and it's not there, when I don't have resistance, and I and I play as an archer in that game too. So when I pull back the bow and I don't have that extra little bit of resistance or like a clicking lock where it slides into place, like I feel like I should it does feel like something is missing. So the controller, I, I do think is a really great little piece of technology. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, um, I got tiny hands, smaller controllers feel good to me, man. Yeah. That's one of my concerns with a certain, like got the PS4 controller. It's perfect for my tiny little hands. It's okay. perfect. <laughs> It's perfect. I don't. I don't need these larger controllers, and I don't like heavy controllers. I. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't like the weight of them when I'm gaming. But also, like the switch. You know, when you connect the Joy Cons into the and you turn it into the controller, that's a yeah. little too lightweight. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm going to break it, and because you know when you get room. involved in something, yeah, like, <laughs> you do one of these. We are like. <laughs> gripping the controller and it feels like i'm like crushing that controller so i get a yeah. little you gotta you gotta have a little heft to it but you can't be can't be a brick man yeah like xbox will controllers say, have always been too too heavy for me i don't i agree like i i i've always and and maybe it's just because i've been a playstation guy and my hands are more used to them i've always xbox controllers have always felt very bulky in yeah. my hands and i think this ps5 controllers are really nice uh, medium between those two. It's definitely bigger than the old PS4 controllers, but not and and heftier. But I wouldn't say by a ton. So I'll, I'll be curious to see once you do get your hands on the PS5 yeah. one, what you think of it. Um, yeah, it'll probably still be a while. I still have to figure out a reason to buy the system. Sure, <laughs> sure. In a normal world, <laughs> you I could mean, just you know, go. Yeah, I'm. I've never really been an early adopter of consoles unless they're Nintendo. Right. And that's just an implicit trust that Nintendo knows what it's doing on a level that the others I'm not comfortable. They've earned with. that. Well, I mean, think about it. We we were talking. We were just talking before about CD Projekt Red and you know Bioware, Rare, all these companies. There's a handful yeah. of companies in the history of video gaming that have really been stalwarts for the long haul. And the only mm -hmm. other ones I can think of are are don't develop hardware. Yeah. Right? Nintendo is both a software and hardware developer, yeah. and and so, you know, a company like Square that's been around forever and Blizzard. mostly been good and Blizzard that's been around forever. Um, who are a few other of those? Uh, I mean, Naughty Dog's been around that a long far, time. Pretty long time at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forget that I'm getting old and companies now that that like came to existence in 1998 uh, mm -hmm. are, are, are very old companies. So I'm like trying to go back yeah. to the 80s and be like Atari still technically exists. Right. Um, yeah. Sega, you know, I, don't, I was gonna say they're they're alive, but yeah, there's not that many companies that have been around since the early '90s that have been very successful for a long time, and Nintendo's the only one that's done it with both software and hardware. So yeah, well, and and I mean, Microsoft is buying up tons of developers to try to to try to emulate it a little bit, but it's not yeah. really the same. Yeah, I guess. Okay, so Microsoft, they really get into the game in what? 2000? 99? Original Xbox comes out? 99? 2000? Um, 2001? 
Let's see. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be after '99 because I was in Texas when that happened. Yeah, and then you know, but yeah, they they still it's like how much credit because it's like Bungie is 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 the software developer there that really gets the credit. It was like Microsoft developed games are. Yeah, but still, I mean, they're they're getting there. That's not Bungie's the dev, and now you know yeah. now Bungie is as much known for Destiny as they are Halo because. Yeah. They gave up Halo. They said, we don't want to keep doing this. And Microsoft was like, keep doing it. Right. It's Which like all these kids that think Iron Man is industry. the coolest Marvel hero, man. Oh, my God. Like, how weird Bungie is it, is right? known like, for Destiny. It's so dude, when, they, like, when, when Iron Man was made, it was like, this is a really weird entrance into Marvel movies. Like, right. Captain America, Thor would have been natural starting points. But right. they opened with Iron Man. Because I remember when I went and saw it, I was like, this is really good right but iron man of all the characters right how did we get a good iron man before we ever got a good x-men well i would i would disagree with you there i mean the the original like x-men and then like x2 x2 was really good those were solid but have you watched them recently man they don't hold up very yeah oh no i know and there's certain elements of them that are that are really quite bad the first one has not aged well uh, I enjoyed it at the time, but eh. the second yeah. one, I still think, I still think X2 holds up pretty well. If you totally separate yourself from the fact that that original X-Men franchise completely destroyed all of its female characters from where they were in the comic books. Like, I mean, it, I remember watch like the first six episodes of the animated X-Men show and rogue is like picking up trucks and slamming <laughs> sentinels through walls and like and flying can f- and fly storm like can fly just flying around and then Storm's you meet like the most meet powerful the of all of them yeah it's just like she's, she's like scared little I can't girl touch you. yeah it's like we got a long way to go with her yep yep that stuff was bad that well stuff and then wolverine bad. looks at Sabretooth when they're like in the car when he's like in his little camper and they and they like don't recognize each other and you're like right they have like 150 years of history. What's going on here? That was definitely yeah. from the what I like to call the Tim Burton age of getting God. to make comic book movies without having to give a damn about comic books. Yeah, <laughs> they were like source material. I am the source material. <laughs> like I will okay, take Tim. your characters and your symbols and nothing else. Yeah, and it, I'm making yeah. a movie. It took them a while anyway. to figure that out. Yeah, so. I guess Video that's games. my review of the PS5. Uh, it's dope. <laughs> it's totally dope. get it. Uh, yeah, it's totally available out there in stores everywhere, right? I Actually, I don't know where they're at in terms of that, if they're starting to become more available. or Yeah, or what getting one that. seems to be as much of a problem. I The number of people that I know who were trying to get one, and it was just like, nope. No. Can't get one online for anything. Yeah. Yeah, it is brutal. But uh, even as somebody who hasn't gotten into the the biggest reason they they say to have one at this point, which is the exclusives, um, you know, I haven't played Miles Morales yet. It's it's on the list of things to do. I was thinking about getting Cyberpunk for a big next gen graphical experience, but I was like, I'm gonna wait, <laughs> well, <laughs> for at least a little while. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it the upscaling of older games has has been really impressive. It looks super sharp and uh yeah it, i'm just 
the controller, man. It's going to be big if someone that's the thing I'm looking for is a really clever developer to take full advantage because you could make a, a game playing experience that that really does feel and play differently than your standard adventure. You know, if you, if you really made the controller and all the things that it can do a central part of it where you're blowing into it, you're talking into it, you're, you're moving it around, you, you've got to have all the resistance stuff and that like. It could be a lot of fun if someone's smart. I could see the next uh, Horizon game. Yeah. Being the one that sells it. Yeah, the peripheral stuff is always iffy to me. I think make a good game. Don't make a cute game, you know? Yeah. No, it's, I totally agree. I, there, I there's just, a tough they're, one. They're, they're, for me, I it's always a tough sell for me. And maybe I'm just old and lazy and don't really want to, like, learn new a lot of these new things but there's cool built-in stuff where it's like there's possibilities here and you want to see what a company can do with them but you know we did a lot of that with the wii and now those games are unplayable yeah so right yeah it's a good point i think you got to be you got to be pretty careful there uh i i only just got home a few days ago man i have not gotten to play anything because um, I wasn't going to mess around on my laptop with that stuff. So, we'll see. Yeah, I'll play I'll play Ace Combat in, in due time. I'm going to have to get that just for Cygnus next time it goes on sale. I know a big sale just ended and there's a new one coming up on the PlayStation Store. I'll have to yeah, they, uh, I got it. Somebody got it for Christmas for me because we talk about it on the pod enough that they were like, oh, you don't have it? And I had it on my Steam wish list and so they bought it for me. Nice. Pretty hilarious. That's pretty fantastic. All yeah, right. yeah, you'll have, so, you'll have to give us a review. Yeah, I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to go on and I'll have to try and play some multiplayer and smoke Cygnus in it. So and then get to dance on his grave. Yeah, there you go. 